It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van Alstyle. Hey, and that that trying to be Hollywood. Does it work? It works. Oh, okay. It works. Cool. Very cool. And look at this. It is Thanksgiving week. Back in the car for Car Con Carne. Sitting to my right, he's everybody's pal. He is Sal Eminanti. He is a comic book creator, a graphic novelist, if you will. Wow. That's, that sounds impressive. Well, you uh, are impressive, Sal Well, thank you. A, a returning thank guest you. on the show. And to mark the return to the car, to and I'm going to try to do this weekly from now on, I figured this was a great spot to do it. Johnny's Beef. It's a favorite of Carcon Carne. It's a favorite of the Northwest side. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is Italian beef and sausage. And the prices at Johnny's, I don't know if you, you paid attention, they seem like they're stuck in 1975. Like they haven't raised the prices here since then. Well, they got it down to it. They're like the little knob on the toaster. They got it down to where it's it's bread, it's beef, and it's it's. It, they just cut right to the chase. Yeah, they literally offer beef, sausage. That's it. Fries, uh, a pepper and egg sandwich. I think on Fridays. Yes. And Italian ice. Right. That's it. Yep. That's all you're. It's all you're getting. You can't go in and ask for hey gluten free or you know any kind of anything out of the ordinary. If it's not up on the board, you're not getting it. And this place, I mean, I'm sure they've long since paid this place off. It's just they're printing money here. Yeah. At this point. At I, this point. So mm. we're gonna bust out some food just for some context. Atomica, God is red. Omnibus is currently crowdfunding on Kickstarter. I realized before coming here tonight, Sal Ebenanti, comic creator, graphic novelist, there's really no need for you to even do this interview. You've you've already hit your goal. Uh, no, there is. I, well, no, hitting the goal is 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 important because you want to print the book. But the cool thing about Atomica was there was so much stuff that we created that we did outside of the book with all these other creators that I got to do covers and, and images that never got seen mm -hmm. that I thought, hey, once this thing goes away and dies, no one's, they're just going to kind of be gone forever. So it's important to have all those tiers and stretch goals and give away all this free stuff. So that, that that's the goal at this point. And, and I am being facetious, but it, the work You've you've got Kickstarter absolutely figured out. I I could learn from you. We should we should create like schedule a separate meeting, a time where you can school me on how to properly it's navigate. It's tough. It's tough. It's it's a lot of work. That that's all I could tell you. Is is you, you got to really get out there and order fulfillment is like crucial. Mm -hmm. You know. All right. So as we're talking, we're at Johnny's Beef. We both got Italian sausage. I thought about doing the combo. Thought about doing Italian beef. I've learned my lesson with Italian beef in the car. It just it, it, too much detritus as you're as you're going. It's it's it, it's heavy. Yeah, it's heavy lifting. It's a lot of you know. It's you're, you're like you're working in a mash unit when you're eating an Italian beef, you know. And that Fries. Deal. Yes, but it is like jazz. You know, it's like jazz. Me it's messy, but it gets you there. You know, <laughs> like jazz. Yeah. All right, so we both got sausage. You got it with the jardinera. Hot jardinera is like is the cake. Hot jardinera cures cancer. I think it does. James. I think this is yours. I got the sweet peppers. I just, I, as the host of Carcon Carne, I've been burned by the oil in Jardinera before. Like physically burned or? Yeah, just or, like, you know, yeah. down my shirt. I have shirts that are forever stained because I decided right, to right. eat a beef sandwich in my car. Hot Jardinera, the problem is it's, it's as hot going, going out as it is going in. Indeed it is. Yeah. All right, so let's, I got the Italian sausage. 
I, I didn't ask for this. Di- I, do they only dip the beef? Is that? Do you not dip the, the you're sausage? You're going to ask either way. Yeah. yeah. So I got the uh, Italian sausage. Yes. With sweet. Actually, you're pretty sweet. It's well, thank you, but that's you know only because we know each other. <laughs> it smelled. I love. Usually, there's a line around the place, but yeah. we're here on a later. You Sunday come night. during the day, and it's it's it gets really ugly here. But the yeah. smell is you're in line. Yeah, I've been here and there's fist fights in the parking lot. Really? Yeah, because the line goes down the street, and then you got a lot of guys that got to get back to work because mm-hmm. it's a blue collar kind of neighborhood, and the neighbors that live around here are not too crazy about the double parking and all the you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it can it could turn into like a pirate's den out here real fast. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I didn't get the hajardinera. There is a little bit of heat in the sausage to start with. There which is, is nice. There is, yeah. Nice flavor. Yep. All right, so Satellite Bonanti, we're talking about this omnibus, Atomica, God is Red. We have history talking about Atomica, but I think for the purposes, because this isn't a, a straight comic book podcast, and comic books are just part of the overall milieu of Carcoon Carney, what is the elevator pitch for Atomica? It's, he's the god of the, you know, growing up in the 70s, Russia was always the evil empire when you lived in the States, so... I always thought it would be a cool setting for a book because I was a huge Kirby guy. Jack and Kirby. Jack Kirby. And New Gods was the book that made me want to be a comic artist. So when I wanted to do a comic, when I was forced to do a comic because they, they wouldn't let me you know, come to their party, they, didn't hi- they wouldn't hire me because my style was too disturbing is what they told me in a, in a very affectionate way they said your art is too disturbing wait who, who said that? marvel uh, editors yeah i went to I, I stood in all those lines james i went to every con and i went to every portfolio line and what you were told to do to get in mm-hmm. and they were just it weren't having it they wanted my my stuff was just too you know so i said well, let me do i'll do my own what, what do i got to lose i was bartending at the time i was at the I was working in Bucktown at the map room and at the Silver Cloud, you know, mm-hmm. cutting limes all day. So I said, well, I got nothing to lose. So, But also, Atomica was kind of a metaphor for the god of the 20th century, where technology has become our god, mm-hmm. you know, our phones and our computers and everything. So I thought, you know what? The Soviet Union did that, where they, where they told their people the state is your god. There is no religion. Religion was outlawed. So growing up a big Thor guy... I said, there you go. That was my, I was off and running. I took Thor, Greek mythology, and I looked into Russian mythology and thought, hey, what the hell? But it wasn't a political book. It wasn't a religious book. It was more a book of saying, after system, I'm just going to do my own book. You know, I think that's really the message was just create your own damn book. It was just, it was just the backdrop for you to create something cool. Just do something. Exactly. What exactly what it was. It was well, well, you know. the, and, the question I have, because we talked about your most recent graphic novel, the the gorgeous uh, Rio de Janeiro-based graphic novel, The Hostage. How important is that verisimilitude? Is that is that the right word? Um, the the truth. I went to public school, so verisimilitude. <laughs> you just you just threw me. But with your last one, I mean, you went to Rio, and yeah. you you experienced that. Yeah. I'm assuming you've never been to Russia. Never, no. So how? How authentic do you need to be to tell a story like this? Uh, well, you do the re- you could do a lot of research. I did a lot. I was really into kind of the the Russian avant-garde posters, movie posters mm-hmm. of the of the early the turn of the century. Who they doesn't were, love those? They were fantastic mm-hmm. because it was kind of inspiring of you know my work. And I studied German expressionist film when I was in college, and that and I and I kind of it it had a an effect on my style. It influenced me a lot, and my work was just not 
the house style. It was mm-hmm. not a mainstream style. So I just went with it and kind of did it, you know, had, you know, New Gods. If New Gods had a baby, you know, with Thor, it was Atomica, you know, which is kind of where the inspiration came from. I love it. And New Gods, Jack Kirby creation, DC right. Comics, 1970s. Right. This was Jack Kirby moving over to DC after mm-hmm. basically laying all the groundwork for the modern age of comics over at Marvel. And he just blew people's minds with this title. I still, I, I think that that's the high watermark for the 70s at least. Fourth world, yeah. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. And talking about the Kirby Thor stuff, I think we're of similar age. We're both like 25. Mm-hmm. But uh, do you right. remember? I'll be 25. Do you remember when the Marvel Treasury Editions, the big oversized tabloid oh, sure. comics were? Absolutely. I remember going to the convenience store and I got that Thor one, that first Thor one. Yeah. And it had like Thor versus Hercules. Like that, that, I think that Treasury Edition is what hooked me into all the Kirby Thor stuff. Yeah. Well, there was that. And then also after Fourth World stuff, Kirby did went in and he did the horror stuff. You know, he started to do the demon, mm-hmm. and he went. You know th- that that stuff affected me as well because of, uh, it, it had an indie feel. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't doing you know the primary colors of Marvel Marvel characters. He wasn't doing the Avengers anymore and, and st- Captain America and characters you knew. So when he did Commandy and he did, um, you know, the demon, it really felt independent to me. So when I decided, hey, you know, I was either going to you know, become a fireman, because that was the track. I was on the track to be a fireman. I was going to go and be a, join the fire department or be an artist or give it up being an artist. I thought, well, I, I can't do this. I, gotta, I can't sit in front of the firehouse with a Dalmatian all day. Jazz. Although that I, sounds lovely. Well, it does, but I wanted to be an artist. So I thought, well, look, if they're not going to hire me. Then let me just try to put this damn thing out and see what happens. And, you know, you have no delusions that you're going to set the world on fire, but at least you are you feel like you're you're a working artist. And as a creator, you just, you have to create. It's, a, it's hard to explain to people who don't have it, that inclination. It's like running off and joining the circus, you mm-hmm. know. You know, the circus doesn't need you, man. You know, you need the circus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, David Mamet said that writers write because, like, they say a beaver... He eats. He chews wood because his teeth itch. He doesn't really have a choice. He has to, you know, like cut down, you know, mm-hmm. trees. That's how it is when you're an artist. Your teeth itch. You you're like, know, you you're really, like a beaver. You're like a beaver. You Celebrity really. Celebrity is like a beaver. That's right. And there's the headline for this week's episode. That's it. <laughs> That's it. All right. By the way, the, the you, guinea, the guinea beaver. You know? <laughs> as, as you've been uh, explaining the the birth of Atomica, I've just been quietly dropping peppers down my shirt, down my sweatshirt. That's that's hey. You know, I mean, like, and, and for full, yeah. you know, on full display for all to enjoy, to screen capture. I got a lap full, lap full of jardinier as well, but hey, mm-hmm. you know, it's baptism by fire. You know? It's funny, you mentioned something before we sat down in the car. I'd forgotten, we first talked about Atomica, God is Red. Like, this is the omnibus. Now, the omnibus, there, there's a long history in comics of compiling full runs of of titles into an omnibus collection, a big oversized. Oh my God, you can't read it in bed because it'll if it right. falls, it'll smash your nose. That's right. That's right. Um, but back when Atomica was a new concept, or you're putting out the, the trades, uh, we talked about it when I was on Q and A One. That's right. Hey, I mean, you had me down at the studio. It was awesome. Yeah. So that was like 2006. 
Yeah, I want to say six, seven. It was right in there. Yeah, it was my Larry King moment. You know, <laughs> right I was in the studio. Was I Larry King? Uh, uh, yeah, you were, you were more like a Charlie Rose type, <laughs> you know, of interview. But yeah, I was kind of. It was cool. You had me down to the studio. It was. It was. It was really. You know, I have a history. I'm not. I'm not in radio anymore. But I have a history of sneaking comic book creators on the air, uh, dating back, and I think you probably helped me with this, um, dating back to the '90s. I did the local music show, Local 101 on Q101, and it's for it was for local artists, and so I used that broad local artist show description as an excuse to have Alex Ross come on the air. Right. Did you help with that? You must have. He's familiar with you, too, but I might have just, yeah, put you two together, but yeah. But, but, he, I, but he knew your work, and he knew who you were. I, I've always enjoyed being able to kind of, like, do that kind of under-the-radar stuff. Yeah. Okay, we're not going to talk. Did, he did it in the car, too, didn't he? Or yeah, he did. He did both. Oh, Easter Sunday. Yeah. He, he, uh, it was before the museum exhibit. We we we, were, we talked about all these different restaurants, and they were all closed on Easter, so we went to a Starbucks. Okay. Because that'll work. That's the only sure. thing open on big right. holidays. Uh-huh. That's right. I tried. I forgot you guys did that on Easter. Yeah. So we talked about Atomica 15 years ago. Yeah. Which is crazy. And now, now here we are sitting in my car eating beef sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Which, actually, that's a happy ending as far as I'm concerned. It, it's a, it really is. I mean, you know, when you add Jardinier, what more can you ask for? And, the, Sal, you've always struck me as authentic Chicago, all the way down to the fact that you say Jardinier. Yeah. Because I, 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 my journalistic instincts kick in, and I always want to say Jardinera. But here in Chicago, it's Jardinier. It's not French. You, the way you say it, it sounds real expensive. <laughs> you, could, you could like add a few dollars to the price the way you pronounce it. But when you say Jardinier, it's literally made by your... My grandma used to make it in the basement with an old mason jar. You know? How's yours? You've got, you've got the spicy stuff. Really this is good. delicious. Really good. Oh, Johnny's is not here by accident. No. There's a lot of beef joints. I mean, now anybody with, you know... With a, you know, an electrical socket now opens up a restaurant. But Johnny's has been here for a long time for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, they get it done. All right, so tell me about the omnibus. What is in this? What is currently crowdfunding? <laughs> uh, what actually? Let me backtrack. What's the deadline for Kickstarter? It's, we got another week. We're, okay. we're going another week. We wanted to. It's it's kind of a funky time of year because of Black Friday, and this next coming week is Thanksgiving. But you know, I wanted to go. I really wanted to get it out before the end of the year because mm-hmm. I wanted to to deliver it, you know, by the late spring, early summer. And with the COVID, you know, delays with printing and, and materials, I just thought, you know what, I really want to get this thing delivered and not go into the summer with it. So uh, it, 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 when I did it originally, I liked it old school. I did individual issues. You know, I like to do 12 individual right, right. issues. But I never really had a chance to put it all together where people had a chance to read it all in one because people love trades Mm -hmm. and absolute editions in those days cost a fortune Mm -hmm. so to put it out as an absolute edition would have cost me like you know a car so i thought you know what i don't know if if enough people want to you know want it to where i was going to jump in into an absolute edition so when i did the hostage uh i thought wow this is this is a great way for indie creators to kind of pivot and be able to to meet the market directly where you can right. look at it. You know, Kickstarter's cool because it's like a it's like a foghead concert at the Aragon. If you suck, they'll start throwing shit at you. You know, and that's how it is with Kickstarter where you get your comments. They'll let you know if it's too expensive or yeah. it sucks or it's this. And you can use that feedback to apply. So I thought, let me see if anybody, you know, there's enough interest to care. And 
I, it was really cool because an Eastern European publisher put it out, you know, in in Croatia, in that part of Europe, and it did really well. Darkwood was this company that did it, and I thought, wow, somebody actually did an omnibus of Atomica. So I thought, well, I got the files. Let's just let's put it back in, you know, yeah. to English, and we did well with with uh, the hostage on Kickstarter. So I at least felt that I could give it a shot. And when it was funded, I was just elated that people actually uh, care about independent comics. Because believe me, James, the indie comic world needs creators more than ever before. Oh, no, I absolutely They need that. it, you know. And I realize we're here to talk about Atomica, but I got my copy of The Hostage probably two or three weeks ago, whatever it was. Uh, it is just gorgeous in the slipcase. Thank you. Just, just beautiful. Thank you. And to your point, I mean, this is... What a great thing crowdfunding has been for creators like yourself. I mean, if there's a one, if there's an upside of COVID, is it forced all of us in business to pivot and to sure. try to find new ways to kind of, you know, and that's what it did with publishers. You had to pivot. You had to find a way to get your product out there and let people see it because, look, I'm a big, I was, I grew up a big Marvel guy and Marvel and DC are, are great. They put out great books and they got tremendous creators, but they're not going to, they're not going to promote young, you know, new young talent or guys trying to get into business or independent stuff. So as an indie creator, you better get out there and kick the bushes. You know, if you're a band, you're an artist, you're a writer, you got to you got to get out there and do it, man. You know, you mentioned Alex Ross, who you work with. Uh, you also work with Bill Sienkiewicz. I mean, you work with some pretty badass creators. Could crowdfunding work for them? Is it is this the wave of the future for everybody? Could you see Alex Ross doing something? I think if you want to put it out yourself, see Kickstarter, I think in its inception started as a way to raise money, mm -hmm. but it's more than that now. I really think it's much more. You look at companies like Boom, and you see you you see like uh, Dark Horse, or you see Top Cow. You see big publishers doing Kickstarter now. It's clearly not mm -hmm. about the money. It's about it's another way to market and to get your product under people's noses. Because you see, boom, they're doing a book with Keanu Reeves. I mean, Keanu Reeves clearly doesn't need Kickstarter, but if they can, you create a video, you can show a sample mm -hmm. of the book, you can give, you know, you give your fan base and your supporters tiers of, of free stuff. I mean, that's that's ideal if you're an indie creator, is to be able to reach your fan base and your supporters one to one, and also get feedback of like, hey man, I like this, but I don't like that. Um, it's too expensive, or, or why don't you offer it? I offer it. As, you, you can get it as a digital PDF, sure, of course, as well. As, you know, which gets you at the international market. So I just think it's a more efficient, really effective way to kind of get your your stuff right to the consumer without going through a publisher. Because when I did Atomic originally, you went through Diamond. You put right. an ad in Diamond in the magazine in the preview catalog, and you sat back and you waited for your orders. And you were like helpless. You were literally sitting there waiting. Now you can get out there. You can bang the drum. You can do social media. You can get, in, you know, put out a newsletter. You can talk to them directly with a video. That is way more effective than the old way, which is, you know, putting a, an ad up at the, you know. Well, and you said it, that ability to touch the consumer, to, to make them feel like they have a stake in things. What? How wonderful is that? It's indie comic fans. That's your. That's who they are. Mm -hmm. They they'll back you. But I, I used to have that experience when you did a con. You went to mm -hmm. Artist Alley and you could sit in Artist Alley and talk to them one on one and right. do a sketch for them and let them look at it and flip through it and they'll let you know if they like it or it's not for them. You know, 
that's kind of like what Kickstarter is. They can kick the tires more on the product than they can. And don't also, James, don't kid yourself. A lot of comic stores just have no interest in indie titles. Right. They figure, hey, if, if this doesn't sell, I got to eat it. But at least with Kickstarter and some of these funding, uh, you know, sites, you you have the ability to at least show it to the guy, you know, show it to the consumer and go say, here it is. You mm-hmm. know, you like it, you don't like it, I can live with it. But the ad, a one-page ad, now you're relying on comic stores. And some comic stores refuse to buy indie titles. And I understand that. But at least with this, you feel like I got more of a shake. For sure. And a lot of those stores are just trying to figure out how to keep the lights on for another Absolutely. Because if they don't sell it, they got to eat it. You know, if the book doesn't sell, then they're stuck with it. So I absolutely understand that. You mentioned earlier you couldn't get arrested. The, the, the big mm-hmm. comic book editors, they, they didn't like your stuff. What's interesting about yourself, for people who have not seen Salabinanti's work, who have not seen The Hostage, who have not seen Atomica before, your style is wholly unique. Holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y. Um, you have a very singular voice. And you would think in any in any vertical, any form of art or expression, someone who has a unique vision or voice would be in a good position. But I, I think to your point, it, it comes back to the, the Talking Heads song, uh, Found a Job, off more songs about buildings and food. A couple hates what they see on TV. All the TV sucks. They have their own ideas. They're going to make their own TV show. You found a job. You may- well, you know, they want editors, publishers claim to want what's new. But yet when you show them something new or different or not like what they're used to, it scares mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, no, no. They, they, their first impulse is they back off. It's like, I don't want to fight Apollo Creed, you know. Yeah. So it's one of those things where they always claim to want what's different, what's new. And it's like, look, this is the only way I could do it. I can't draw like Jim Lee. You know, I that's Jim Lee is Jim Lee. I can't draw the house style. I understand they want stuff that's more palatable to the consumer and to their fan, to their base. Stuff that's very, very kind of like a certain way. And I get that. But it also doesn't mean there's not room for the type of stuff that I do. There's not room for, you know, uh, things that all don't look the same. And it's that's why I say we need more and more indie creators because yep. the comic the comic product is thinning out. It's getting narrower and narrower of the type of book that you're getting from these companies and the type of illustration that you're seeing. And so that's why I think, look, you really have to just step up and do it yourself. Totally you know? agree. And, and start your own band in a garage. You know. Absolutely. Was yeah. Sinkevich a role model for kind of yeah following uh, your own music? Absolutely, Bill. Well, what I learned what I learned most from Bill was there's no one way to do it. Bill, if he drew the Joker, he ten times it, it looked different ten different times. And what I learned from Bill was it's like with Kirby is it should be a product of your imagination. Yes, it shouldn't just look like hey it looked like that before, so now he should look like this now. I think it's art. I think it should always evolve and kind of change and expand and, and move in a different direction. And they're not always going to like it. You know, in fact, some of your work is just going to, he's going to get, they're going to throw it back at you. But that's okay because if you're an artist, you're like a vampire. You don't really have a choice. You know, your, your teeth itch. You know? And to be clear, I don't think I knew how to pronounce Sinkevich until I met you. Mm. There were a lot of comic book artists and creators' names growing up as a kid. I just, I kind of pronounced in my head, but I knew they were wrong. Sinkevich was one of them. Sinkevich is like Cher. You only need to say Sinkevich. You don't even need his first name. No. No. That, that's no. it. Lots lots of consonants. That's right. That's right. The, the, the Polish, you know, that name comes across, and he loves, you know, he, he loves that. 
his logo for a while was he he, he laid it out the way, you know, like a, how you say a word in the dictionary. So let's talk about a little bit more about the Kickstarter. The Atomica God is Red Omnibus is crowdfunding now. You can search Atomica with a K. It's Russian. Yeah. Um, or sale. It's, it's probably easier to search by Atomica than it is Ebenanti. But either way, it would work on Kickstarter. We mentioned that you've crushed your goal. You, you hit it. Now comes the fun part. All these extras. Freebies, yeah. All, all these st- stretch goals. Yeah. And one of the things you mentioned... Um, all the different artists who contributed to Atomica through the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so specifically, just going through the... Uh, oh, this is actually in the omnibus. Covers and pinups from Tim Bradstreet. Uh, Gene Colan, the yeah. dean. Yeah. Darwin Cook. Not with us anymore. No. Either one, Gene Colan or Darwin Cook. Yeah, which is what's cool about being able to show these pieces. You know, otherwise they wouldn't be seen. John Romita Sr. Yeah. And that's one of my heroes. Of course, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. Um, Steve Rude, Bilson yeah. Kevich. Yeah. Uh, out the aforementioned Alex, Alex Ross, yeah. Bilson Kevich, Michael Turner's in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is great. So, all right, so talk about the stretch goals. What 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 are people getting? Well, we we wanted to. We I found with the hostage that the 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 extra stuff, the 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 kind of the. The complimentary items that you you include with it, we, people love that stuff. They love to feel like it's unique unto the project, and it's not just about oh tchotchke stuff, which is great. You do that. You do the, the you throw in tons of free stuff, stickers and all that. But uh, I felt we had so many great creators that I wanted to give them their due. So we created a lithograph package, a small lithograph package of you know for for Darwin Cook and Alex Ross and Bill Sinkevich and. And Glenn Fabry did some great covers that that you know are really really nice. And that we did, I wanted to do an Atomica card set, you know, trading card set where we do all the images in a card set. We also did you know bookmarks, postcards, keychains. Most of this stuff is all throw-ins we're given, but it's like it kind of just helps add to the texture of the project. Just mm-hmm. to say, look, there's it's not just a singular. You know, my, it's not just singular to the vision of what I did. I wanted other creators to give me their version of Atomica. I love and that. And for you to see that. So it had kind of a, a history. It felt, you know. So I had, you know, Simon Bisley did a great piece for me. Um, like you said, Tim Bradstreet, Alex, Eric Powell, uh, Ernie Chan, Tony DeZuniga, Alex Nino, you know, the great artist in the Philippines. These are like Marvel 70s guys. Oh, 100%. That's cool. I love that stuff. I mean, Alex Mm -hmm. Nino had had a tremendous impact on my work because it reminded me a lot of what uh, Bill did. Um, So I just thought, you know what, I really, I have to show all this stuff. Because otherwise, once this project is gone, you know, you have to move on. I've moved on to my next projects, but I really felt... If you knew Atomic or you didn't know it, you have to see what these guys have done. And what, the stuff you're talking about, as a creator, as someone navigating through Kickstarter and crowdfunding, all these extras, bookmarks, trading cards, as a creator, you have to chase down vendors for all that stuff. It's not like you just have the idea yeah. to do it. It's gotten, I mean, in, in, in fairness, it's gotten easier. There are more and more of those things that you can mm-hmm. do now. Whereas before, if you wanted to do a card set, you'd have to do a hundred, a minimum order of like 100,000. Now you can do 5,000 sets, 400 sets, whatever you want. It's the same, you know, with any of that stuff. If you want to do bookmarks and things like that, it's like it's cool to do them because you get to see them quality paper and add cool images on it and you don't have to do again a hundred thousand a run of a hundred thousand you could do just you know and i always like to overprint 
those things so that you can give extras and throw oh, them sure. in and you know and say here here you know thank you because always promote you never take it you never take the supporters for granted because people getting people to buy into a new book or a book they're not familiar with is tough because there's a lot of brand loyalty in comics like in any other project. Oh, for sure. When people go to a comic store, they know what they want. They want their Batman or their Wolverine or their Avengers. And to get them to go, I don't know, I never heard of this book. You know, mm-hmm. you know but it's like giving, to give it a shot, you know, you really kind of, I never take that stuff for granted. It's funny. We talked about when you came on q one talked about Atomica, 2006. You mentioned you're working on another project now. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it'll still always come back to Atomica, though, won't it? That's your calling card. For me, it will. Yeah, because it was the book that kind of got me to, you know, get off the schneid, so to speak, and say, hey, if I'm going to do this, I better just get off my ass and do it. And it, you learn a lot when you put it out yourself. I mean, you learn more from from doing it yourself than anything else because what happens is is that, you know, you realize, hey, it's not as easy as it looks, one. <laughs> Two, if you're going to criticize other people's books, you try putting your own book out and you'll see how it works. And three, 99% of it is just sweat. You know, it all comes down to sweat. You know, whether you're a band or a writer or an actor, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta just basically get out there and get your ass kicked. There's no shortcut, you know, for doing it because you're gonna, you know, it, it's not always you're gonna get people that are gonna go, "What the hell is this?" Or that, and that's okay because you know they're not all gonna love your stuff. So we've covered indie comics pretty well. As far as mainstream comics go, you, you work both sides of the business with the artists you represent. If I an old man, I've completely... (laughs) Hang on. Don't answer yet. I've completely fallen off on comics. And it's not something I want to say out loud. I've had a really hard time following everything. Yeah. It can be be daunting because when you go to a comic store... I mean, come on. When we were growing up, you you could buy comics anywhere. You Mm -hmm. go to the grocery store. You got them at 7-Eleven. I used to go to the Jewel with my mother, you know. Now, comics in some ways are like porn. You got to go to a special store to get them. You got to go to a comic store. I don't, I don't know what you mean by that, but okay. Well, you know, it's become like a select market where there's less places to get them than mm-hmm. there used to be. And that's sad because, you know, you used to be able to get comics anywhere. And I feel the same way. But to me, I, it, the, the cool thing I like about comics now is to me, it's I'm driven by the art. If I pick up a book, I don't care who put it out. I don't care mm-hmm. what it's about. If it's cool looking, I'll buy it, you know. And that's the saddest thing about the success of some of these shows, especially like uh, the way comics have become so, you know, become such a shitstorm now with the movies and all that stuff, is that I wish it would trickle down into people buying comics. I wish if even 1% of the people that went to see the Avengers realized it came from a book, you know, created by Stan and Jack, they would buy a damn book. Or the hundred, the two hundred thousand people that go to San Diego would, some of them would visit Artist Alley and you mm-hmm. know, kind of give some patronage to small press people to help the business moving forward. Then it would be cool. But you know, I mean, I still think that you know, the comics medium is a, the small press indie medium is like is something that's you know really unique to the the American art scene, and I don't think it gets nearly enough love. You know. All right. So as a Kirby fan, have you seen Eternals? I haven't. I haven't. I usually kind of wait until it calms down and all the critics kind of, you know, pan yeah. out. I, I, honestly, COVID's kept me out of the theaters. Mm-hmm. As, as much as I want to see mm-hmm. Eternals, Ghostbusters, and right. so on, I've been right. like, you know, I, I'm, I can wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
I just want to do this where I don't have to watch with a mask on. Right. Yeah, it, it, it you lose a lot. I can't I can't jump on a bag of Twizzlers with a mask on. No, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> the big challenge for me, I mean, as curious as I am about Eternals, Spider-Man's the big test for me. Yeah. Yeah, no, in the trailer, my God, people went crazy when the tra- when they just they released the trailer. They, they on did Friday. really okay. Everyone freaked out like, oh my God, it went nuts. I feel like yeah. we already knew everything about the trailer before it happened, though. Like there was nothing surprising about it. Yeah. I think the whole idea that they're going to introduce all these new past characters mm-hmm. or, or the multiverse or the you know the the alternate universe of Spider-Man is a really cool idea. Agreed. As the fan base wants to see Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. and all this, and the rumor is they're all going to be in it, but right. you know I don't know. You know. And usually when I go to the show, I got kids, so I have to. If it's not about you, a guy taking a pig shopping, you know, I can't go see it. Uh, I've got good news for you. Those days end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love horror. Absolutely love horror right, movies. Right, I went through a period of maybe eight or nine years where I really didn't see any horror movies because I had small children, mm-hmm. couldn't take them to see a movie. Mm-hmm. And when I was at home, I was watching movies about pigs going shopping and, mm-hmm. you know, wiggles and all that stuff. So I, I, That's right. I was completely detached from all that. But that period ends. And now, now I'm like, Someone paroled from prison, like dating for the first time. Like I, I can't get to all this stuff fast enough. Your your son's in college, right? Or yeah. High school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I I thought it was high school, but it's college. Wow. That's... Daughter in high school, son in college. Hmm. And they both graduated during 2020, which was so much fun for both of them. That's right. wild. It is. All right. So they're getting you know my guy just started high school, so. I'm oh, sorry. He's having to get up now, so that's the problem. Because he had a year and a half of COVID learning, where he just laid in bed and looked at the iPad, and oh yeah, you know, look was like you know Orson Welles, you know, laying there with it with a cigar and a cigarette holder and an ascot. Yeah, that's. And and now he's got to get up. <laughs> he's got to actually get dressed. Well, you know, they don't really get dressed. They just kind of run out the door like you know. Do you buy your kids ascots at Target? Where do where do you go for those locally? I only get them the, the 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 little jacket with the with the emblem on it, you know, with their name, the Little Lord Fauntleroy collection <laughs> at Sears. <You> well, know? <laughs> All right, so Atomica got his red, the Omnibus collection, crowdfunding now. I can tell you, I mean, story wise, art wise, super cool, super creative, super interesting. Just from a collectability standpoint, based on what I saw with what you did with the hostage, this is something that you, listener viewer uh, will want to have in your bookshelf it's it's, it's stunning or coffee table uh, whatever is reinforced and can hold it basically because it's going to be a heavy it's over 300 pages <laughs> yes it's, it's, yeah it's it's a it's a piece of work and there's a whole additional chapter that uh this this you know european publisher added to it of all referencing all the the characters in russian mythology that are in the book which was kind of they took it above and beyond what i had even done it was so are you really ambitious are you done telling these stories will you come back to this universe well the 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 god is red story was was just meant to be 12 issues Mm -hmm. i had planned an annual which was called ussa which showed how the soviet union defeated america you know the united states in the 50s in the cold war kind of a what if thing and I don't know. At the time, I didn't think there was any interest or it was going to, you know, anybody would want it. It would sell. But sure, I'd love to come back to it. I don't know if, if you know, right now, because the project I'm into now, I'm already like 30, 
pages into like a 150 page graphic novel you know called Dagos on the Moon which is another you know uh, wait for real yeah no Dagos on the Moon was something that I created uh, about 15 years ago it's about a squadron of Italian fighters uh, uh, air force that gets lost and winds up on the moon that's gonna be a tough one for interviewers to talk about. <laughs> you know what? I, when I created it, we were—it wasn't in the woke movement where you could say "Dago's on the Moon" because I was, you know. But if I change, if I changed it, I could change the title. But the working title was "Dago's on the Moon." Growing up an Italian kid, I thought, "Hey, you know. people of Italian descent on the moon." Uh, brothers on the moon. I was gonna go with maybe Fratello de Sula or La Luna would be Brothers on the Moon, which is what they refer to. But growing up as a kid, the Italian army, especially in World War II, was always made fun of. When you grow up in Chicago as a culture, they made fun of them. So I always thought this is kind of a love letter to to the Italian. It's not, you know, it's not meant to be. And with my style, come on, I can't draw a little lotta. It's gonna look a little, you know, disturbing. But, but no, it's it's really cool. They wind up on the moon, and then it turns into kind of a Flash Gordon adventure from there. So I'm sold. There's the elevator pitch right there. It's very it it looks very it's very cool. It's turning out really cool. And again, I don't know if even I can even do it with that title. But it just to me, Dago's as an Italian guy was never a derogatory term. You never were offended by it. There were terms you got offended by, but Dago's was number one of them. Maybe as an Italian-American, you could say that. As someone who's not, I feel like there's no way I could ever say that out loud. I, I don't feel like I, I ever was allowed I, to do that. I don't, yeah, I think if we're friends, no one cares, you know. But I thought, look, it's a working title. If it offends people and it's not going to work, then I'll, I could easily, you know, pivot and change it to something else, you know. I mean, I don't want to be the voice of negativity. I just, I, it could be worse. It wasn't, it wasn't Dago's on Uranus. It was Dago's on the moon. So, <laughs> so it was. Actually, Dago's uh, on Uranus was my first adult feature. Back okay. When I was fresh out of college. That's right, Marilyn Chambers, you know. <laughs> Nikki Knockers, you know, I think was in that. But Nikki Knockers. Don't ask me how I know. All right, Sally and Nancy. So, all right, when day goes on the moon becomes reality, we got to go out for hot dogs or next, something. Next year, I'll take you out for, for, you know, we'll go jump on, you know, some pasta. Ooh. Oh, yeah, you got to, yes. yeah, we got to theme yes. that out. You got to theme it out. Right. Get some squares and some red sauce going. Yep. I as love long it. as it's got the pig fat. The most important thing about red sauce is it has to have the pig fat in it already. I don't think I knew that. That's all the taste. The way to tell is if it's got those little orange. The droplets of oil that coagulate mm-hmm. on the top that's pig fat and that's legit that's where all the taste comes from oh, I love that yes alright he is Sal Abinanti Atomica God is Red Omnibus crowdfunding now get your copy reserve it get all that cool shit we were talking about the bookmarks the carts everything uh, get, get those extras contribute uh, support independent art support yes. an independent creator uh, and let's keep that movement going forward in a big way Sal thank, thank you thank you Thank Uh, you. Awesome beef, too. Thank you, Johnny's. Oh, my God. Thank you, Johnny's. Uh, And thank you for watching. Thank you for listening.